so good to come back together in the new year, to worship together. I don't know about you, I just felt just throughout the worship that it was like God was just giving us a great big hug. Just that sense of his love and his acceptance, it just felt like those wide open arms of our Father. Wherever we're at this morning, those arms are open wide. His love is there for you. Great. So as Rob says, uh, we tend to start this year by kind of doing a little vision preach. The start of the new year is a great opportunity to kind of set the course as a church for the coming year. It's, it's a great opportunity to take stock, to reflect, and also give thanks to God for the year that's just been. You know, it's been a quite a year. We've had some wonderful highs in 2018. We've also had some real lows. We've been united in celebration, celebrating baptisms and new birth and dedications and job offers and breakthroughs in prayer. We've also been united in grief. But through it all, we have seen and continue to see God's hand of provision and grace upon us as a people. And that's something we can be so thankful for. I've mentioned often at this time of year that I ask myself a few questions. I ask, what are the things I can rejoice and give thanks to God for? It's good to cultivate a thankful heart. You know, often we have spiritual amnesia. We quickly move on to the next thing. New year, new plans. And we forget the good things that God has done. And it's good to cultivate a thankful heart. It's good to train our eyes to see God in the details. And it's good to take a moment to do that. I also ask myself, God, what are the things that I need to leave behind as I step into 2019? What are the things, sometimes good things, but things that were for 2018 and God's got new things? Sometimes they are bad things that actually have held me back in 2018. God's saying, I want those to stay in 2018. So I ask myself those questions. And we're going to have an opportunity towards the end of this service just to spend time individually between you and God, just to reflect on some of those things. What are the things I need to leave behind in 2018? And then we'll respond by taking communion together as we close. But as I said, the start of the new year is a great opportunity to set the course for the church to reboot, as it were. As a leadership team, we've been re-evaluating our values, if that's the thing. We've been looking at our church values, and we've restructured our church values to hopefully help us progress to where we feel God is calling us to be and to do. So we're actually going to start preaching through our values, which will be made clear next Sunday. We're going to spend nine weeks going through our values. So that's something that will help us reboot refocus. But we often use one word as a, as a focus for the year. Previously, we've used hope and family in another year. I know some of you do that individually, that one word thing. What is the one word that I really want to focus my life on at the moment for this coming year? And as I was praying about this year, I really felt God give us the word light. Light. Very simply, because if you want to see where you're going, if you want to make good progress, you need light. So with that in mind, 
I just want to read out some scriptures along the, those lines and then see how we can apply them to 2019. So I'm just going to read about four different scriptures. The first one is John 1, reading from verse 9. This is uh, often read out. In fact, I think we did read it out over the Christmas time. Well-known passage. This is John 1, verse 9, from verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Beautiful. Light breaking into the darkness. We celebrated that over Christmas time. We celebrate that every day of our lives. John 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus said to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. 1 John 1, verse 5 onwards. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And finally, Matthew 5, reading from verse 14. This is Jesus speaking to his followers. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for this open invitation we've received this morning to just come into your embrace, to draw close to the Lord of heaven and earth because of Jesus, because of Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you are the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness has not and cannot overcome it. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, will you shine God's light into our hearts now as we read through these scriptures, as we explore what you're wanting to say to us in 2019. Shine your light in our heart. Lead the way, we pray. Amen. Amen. Great. So as I read through those passages, those scriptures, I don't know if you see the progression that's happening there. It's a progression that actually follows our churches up in and out vision. Our upward relationship with God, our inward relationship with one another as brothers and sisters in the church, but also our outward relationship and, in fact, our mission in the world. Firstly, our upwards relationship with God, true light, the light that gives light to everyone and everything starts with God. 
I don't know how you're feeling about stepping into 2019. Some of you might be full of excitement, enthusiasm. You've had a great rest, as Mike was saying. Some of you, it might be with a sense of intrepidation. You know the stuff you're going to be facing, ongoing stuff, unknown stuff. The world can seem a very dark place at times, very uncertain, very unsure. There's a lot of darkness around, isn't there? We see conflicts going on and on around the world. We see increasing violent crime in our city. We've been talking about increasing homelessness, desperate need for people to be accepted and loved, increasing mental health issues. The world needs God's light, doesn't it? We need God's light to shine into the darkness. It's a light that we read blazes out into the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. We need to believe that because that is the truth. Darkness always gives way to light. Always. Always. I had a bit of a shock when I turned up with Ben, my youngest, and John Hall to do some electrical work just before the new year. And we saw the state of the sports hall floor. Actually, it was Ben who spotted it. He was like, Dad, have you seen the floor? And it's literally, I don't know if you've seen it, there's this wave in the wooden floor where it's warped. And we found out that it actually must have happened months ago, but there was a leak. A water, mains water pipe had burst in the coffee shop that literally sent a river of water running down the sports hall floor. Unbeknown to us, a lot of that water had got in under the floor and into the swimming pool void that exists below. And there the water must have sat for months and months until the weather changed and got colder and all that damp, lovely air had warped the floor. Now the thing is, I don't know if you've ever been in the void under the floor. It's not the most welcoming place in Highfield Hall. It's not the coffee shop. It's very, very dark. It's got limited headroom at the shallow end, at least. It gets a lot better when you get to the deep end. It's damp, obviously, and it is full of structural supports holding the floor up. It is lethal, particularly when you've got a receding forehead like mine. It's probably black and blue at the moment. But anyway... We had to go under there. Now, as I said, Ben was with me, and he, very fortunately, had been given a, uh, a head torch in his stocking, which he was very thrilled he could try out. It's a super bright head torch. He had that on, and he was off, under the floor, skipping over the structural supports, heading to where the deep end was, where the, where the water was lying. There was no fear. He was excited about going under there. Why? Because everywhere he looked was light. It was light. He could see the obstacles. He could see the end of the pool. He knew where he was going. The problem was I didn't have a head torch. And I was desperately trying to keep up with Ben as he was disappearing into the distance. This dot of light getting smaller and smaller. As a result, I did bang my head a number of times on those structural supports. It was not a pleasant journey for me. But he had no fear. He wasn't concerned. Because when light breaks through the darkness, several things happen. Firstly, with light comes courage. When we can't see the way forward, when things are uncertain, 
When we don't know which way to go, fear and anxiety can take a grip. But when light comes, when the shadows get dispersed, suddenly we are comforted. Suddenly we gain confidence. That's what happens when light shines in the darkness. Secondly, light exposes dangers. It exposes pitfalls. In our case, it exposed, well, for Ben at least, those structural supports. And we have an enemy that is working 24-7 to trip us up, to tempt us, and to get us off course. And we need God's light to expose those lies and that deception and those dangers for what they truly are. Thirdly, light helps us to reach our destination. You know, and that brings hope because we're not flailing around in the darkness, hoping that one day we might reach the end. But actually, we can see where we're going. It's not aimless wandering, it's making progress purposefully. Light transforms our circumstances. And really, the application here is is very simple, isn't it? If we want to head into 2019 full of confidence and faith because God, our light, knows exactly the direction he's wanting us to go in, he knows the next step we should take, and if we want to make progress in our walk with him and avoid those dead ends and those pitfalls that we can so easily end up in, The answer is simple. We need to stay close to the light. God's light is his truth. It's his presence. It's all about abiding in him, staying close to him. He is the source of light. Jesus said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Practically, what does that look like? Well, as I said, it's, it's about abiding in Jesus. It's about staying close to him. And, and for me, probably the best advice I can give me, myself, it's also the best advice I can give you as your pastor, is simply stay rooted, planted, connected to the Word of God, the Bible. What is his word to our feet? A lamp. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. If you're thinking, 2019, I've got options, decisions, I know there's change coming, I need to have some vision, I need to have some clarity here, oh look, there's the light. Get into God's word. And when I say read God's word, be readers and doers of the word. And don't approach it legalistically. I know at this time of year it's very easy to dust off your, your Bible notes and go, oh, well, let's try again you know, and kind of tick off the days, try and get through it as quickly as you can, and then get on with your day. Because if you're anything like me, you get to March, it's usually about March the 12th or something, you're right in Leviticus, and your zeal just wanes. It peters out. And it's like, oh, and then a day slips, then a few more days slip, then you start feeling condemned. We're not talking about getting into a legalistic ritual. We're talking about abiding encountering the light of life. So yes, read it daily. 
Yes, use Bible notes if that will help. You know, there's so many ways now that, that can help us get into the Word of God. I noticed that uh, Mike has been doing his blog, Blog Through the Bible, which is brilliant. He's got some wonderful insights every day. comes out, I think, at midnight. You get a, a tweet of it. If you want to find that out, please ask Mike a little bit more about that. But there's some wonderful insights there. Nikki Gumbel's Bible in a Year is also very popular. I've done that for a few years. Great. just comes on your phone. You can read through the passages, read his thoughts as well. Just allow it just to, just to stick in your heart. You can even get, you know, the uh, U version on your phone that will read the Bible to you. So you can actually have it on your headphones as you're going to work or as you're going about your, your day. You can have somebody read the Bible to you. But whatever way you do it, however you find works for you, carry the Word of God with you throughout your day. Don't just let it be this little bubble at the start. Carry it with you throughout the day. Think about it. Meditate about it. Let it lead you to prayer and worship. Don't let it just finish with a tick on the day and move on. It's an encounter with the light of the world. In him there is no darkness. Only light and life and freedom and joy. And we need to allow that light daily into our hearts. Just ask, Holy Spirit, will you just open fresh truth to me as I get into the Word of God. So important, guys. It's so important. It's abiding in Him. It's enjoying Him. It's following His ways. It's living in His power, not in our own sense of New Year's zeal. Living in the power of His Holy Spirit, growing in His grace as we submit daily our lives to Him. It's the upward call of God on our lives. Moving on, what's interesting is in 1 John 1, that passage we read, it says it's possible to say you're walking in the light and actually still be in darkness. And there's an application here for our inward relationship with one another. We read verse 7, it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. What has walking in God's light got to do with the way we relate to one another? Well, a chapter later gives a little bit more light on this in 1 John 2. It says this, He who hates his brother is in darkness. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is nothing that will make them stumble. It's interesting, isn't it? I don't know if you've made that connection. Walking in the light. The way we relate to one another is actually a great indicator of, of whether we are walking in the light. I came across a phrase recently called uh, throwing shade on somebody. Don't know if you've heard of that. The youth are gone. They'll, they'll know about it. You know, ooh, they got shaded. I'm down with the kids, aren't I? Not. I had to look it up. Actually, the Urban Dictionary, notice it's the Urban Dictionary, it has actually entered into the Oxford Dictionary. This To shade someone is a thing. The Urban Dictionary says it means to talk trash about a friend or acquaintance to publicly denounce or disrespect them, either verbally or non-verbally. You can shade someone with a withering look. It's basically insulting someone. The truth is, it's actually the thrower of shade who's really in the dark. They are the ones who are truly in the shade. Because if we want to walk in the light, we need to show grace and love 
and forgiveness to one another. We need to be bearers of light and life. Because there's another promise that's connected here. That if we walk in the light, we won't just have true fellowship with one another, but that the blood of Jesus will purify us from all sin. That is a powerful promise. Because the other thing that light does is it exposes what was once hidden, doesn't it? What was once hidden in darkness, when light shines on it, suddenly is exposed. It's seen for what it is. Now, when God shines his light on us, sometimes he reveals hidden gifts and hidden talents that even we didn't know existed. And I love it when God does that. I love seeing people discover their original design, who God made them to be. Discover gifts and talents they didn't even know they had. And opportunities to use them for his glory. You know, to to discover their God-given authority. And walk in that calling. I love seeing that. But sometimes God shines his light on hidden parts of our lives that are sinful Or that perhaps are just ungodly beliefs that have had a control over us. Sometimes for years. God doesn't want us bound by stuff. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so when he shines his light, when he exposes some of the dark parts of our hearts, it's not to produce shame. It's not to bring shame, but to bring freedom. Because when it's brought into the light, it can be dealt with. And again, I love it when God does that. I love seeing people walk into freedom. And, you know, as a church, God's been doing some great things with us through the Living Free course. And we're going to be having more opportunities through this year for people to have prayer and also run further courses as well. Because we love it when God shines his light on areas to bring freedom, to bring hope, to enable people to see their true identity in Christ. You know, Satan loves it when we keep things hidden, when we're all wrapped up in shame, because then those things continue to have power over us. But when they're brought into the light, as I said, they can be dealt with. Ephesians 5 verse 11 says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless, fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Bring them into the light. Verse 13 goes on to say, everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. How does that work? Even the dark places? Well, yes, because what was once a statement of our brokenness becomes a testimony of God's grace when it's brought into the light. What was once a weakness in us now becomes an opportunity to draw alongside others who also may be struggling in the same area. And we become a testimony of God's grace and healing and love. What was once hidden, once it's illuminated, becomes a light in itself. And so I just would love to encourage us as a church, continue to just be open to God. You know, David's prayer, search me, O God, and see if there is any way that is displeasing for you. 
and lead me on the path everlasting. Just be open to God. Just shine his light into your hearts. The darkest, darkest parts of our, of our hearts are not too dark for God's light to reach. Saying all this, this light is not simply for us. And in fact, that leads on from when we allow God's light into our hearts because we then increasingly become light. Jesus said, as I said, Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. As we continue to walk in the light, so we increasingly become the light. We become light. You know, if you want to bear fruit, kind of makes sense to stick with the one who is always bearing fruit. That's Jesus. As a church, we've had words over us that we're to be a lighthouse to our neighborhood, a place that brings hope and direction and protection and life and freedom to those around us. And it's been wonderful to have this building where we've seen so many people come through its doors day by day, week by week. It's a brilliant opportunity. I just want to commend Carolyn for her incredible work at raising the profile of this place in the community. We're working at ways of how to best connect all the people coming in with the life of the church and with the light of the gospel. And that's something that we want to see, we want to get better at, really, in 2019. We want to bear fruit. We're continuing to use Alpha, obviously, as a great resource, again, to connect people to the light of the gospel. You know, as I said, so many people are flailing around in darkness, hopelessly chasing stuff that looks like light. Success, health, wealth, acceptance even. You know, particularly when you're bombarded with messages at this time of year of, of new year, new you, better you, more attractive you, healthier you, more successful you, and yet you're still flailing around in the darkness. It's desperate. It's desperate. Because there is only one true light, and he reveals the true you. And when you receive his light, he reveals the loved you, the forgiven you. The accepted you. Please, can I just encourage you to take the opportunity to be light to your friends and your neighbors and invite them to the Alpha Course and allow God to shine his light into their hearts. We have a brilliant opportunity here. Don't get apathetic. Don't miss the opportunity. As Joe said, I think many of us will be surprised. Whether they say yes or no, there's seed sown. Seed sown. As was mentioned, we also have a wonderful opportunity with the winter night shelter. You know, what a glorious way to shine some light in a, in a desperate part of society, to show some of God's love, to welcome these men and women as our guests into this hall. Brilliant opportunity. It's a pilot. Hopefully, it will go well, and it will be uh, something we can look to do on a more permanent basis, on a more regular basis. This is going to basically be preparation for something more regular. That's what we're hoping and praying for. But it needs your support. It needs your commitment. As Rob says, it's across different churches in the borough. It's not just on us. We are hosting the majority of the days here. 
but there's helpers from across the borough, but we need people to step up and say, I can cook. I can come and serve breakfast. I can come and serve an evening meal. Actually, I can come and sit through the night. We need people to be able to step up and do that because it's a wonderful way to shine light in a dark situation. As I said, it's, it's preparation. And as I was chatting with Rob this week, I just really felt that, in fact, this whole year, I believe God is wanting to prepare us and position us for new adventures and new steps of faith. Part of that, very practically, is we're looking at growing the leadership team. We're also looking at potentially hiring new staff, particularly with the coffee shop. Get that up and running. That needs budget. That needs finances. But we need to step out in faith. We also feel that God is calling us to church plant in 2020. That is going to require a lot of faith and also a lot of preparation. It's going to be an exciting year. You know, someone once said, if you don't believe in spiritual warfare, plant a church. You soon will. Because it's a battle. We are called to shine light into Sutton, but also beyond. We've got a wonderful mandate to be light throughout the community. So watch this space. More details to follow. But in 2020, we're hoping to launch a new church. We're also planning for me to take a sabbatical. Hooray! You know, perhaps a little bit overdue, some people are saying. I don't know. But uh, we're looking at doing that uh, June, July, August. So uh, mainly for two reasons. Firstly, so it can be a time of preparation for me as I refresh and get re-envisioned to lead the church into the next season, but also a time of preparation for Rob and others to handle more responsibility. Again, as I said, in preparation for all that God has for us in 2020. So it's going to be an exciting year. We don't know how it's going to pan out. But we have a faithful, wonderful Heavenly Father, and as we stick close to the light, as we walk in step with the Holy Spirit, I believe He is going to lead us to wonderful new adventures and new territory, new opportunities to shine His light. Times that might look a bit messy, at times that might feel a bit inconvenient, but God encourages us to step out of our comfort zones. Sometimes he encourages us to shake off apathy. Maybe that's in the area of corporate prayer, as Rob shared. You know, prayer meetings have been going down. We believe in prayer, and we want to help all of you to engage in prayer. Something powerful happens when the church gathers in one heart to pray. And so we want to try and, as Rob said, look at ways we can make it easier, more accessible for people to pray, but ultimately it comes down to our hearts. Are we committed to one another, devoted to prayer? Because prayer transforms society. Prayer transforms our hearts. Prayer brings breakthrough. So we're going to be, as Rob said, looking at different ways we can all engage in prayer. But it calls for us to surrender, to lay our lives before him. You know, sometimes the dark can be a familiar place and, and the light can seem a bit daunting. But I just want to encourage you, there are no shadows in God. There are no hidden agendas. He is good and he is for us. Ephesians 5 verse 8 says, For you were once in darkness, but now 
you are light in the Lord. So live as children of light. Can I just encourage you, 2019, let's live as children of light. Let's be devoted to walking closely in step with Jesus by his Holy Spirit, plugged into his word, abiding in him, drawing from him. I mentioned the burst pipe in the sports hall where we literally had a river flowing in River Church, the irony of it. I was chatting about it with Claire, and uh, she's always more spiritual than I am anyway, but she felt that God wanted to speak to us as a church through that situation. So, and I think it just ties in well. Claire, do you want to just share briefly that word? Um, This is going to be a little bit more messy than I thought because I've had a few things since I woke up this morning and since sitting in in the meeting. Uh, Steve said, I'm always more spiritual than him. I'm going to tell you how this came about because it shows you that that's not true at all. So I've stayed away for most of the Christmas holidays with my family and Steve and Ben came back and that's when they discovered what was going on underneath the floor. And my immediate response was, oh my goodness, they're supposed to be working in the coffee shop. How are they going to get everything done? How are they going to get back down to to us when they're supposed to? And they didn't. They were a day later than they were going to be. And then we had to come home a day earlier because Steve was getting twitchy about all the things that he had to do. So when we came back, my first thought about it all was, how is he going to write a vision preach for Sunday when he's busy working and trying to work out logistically how he's going to mend the floor? And that was going on a lot of the week. And then I started getting these little seeds just dropped into my head. And then I started thinking, am I just now trying to shoehorn some spiritual illustration into what's going on next door? And then God stopped me in my tracks and said, no, because you've been busy thinking about all the things that Steve's got to do and the lack of time that he has. And I'm the one who's focusing your mind on what I'm actually telling you through this. Um, So I was like, okay, that put me in my place. Um, So we have had a lot of um, words come to us, particularly that word about the river of God flowing through this building and flowing out and reaching the community. Um, And so as soon as I heard that there was a river flowing underneath that floor, something just, just got my spirit and I was like, that is the start of the stirrings of God's spirit. But actually, when God's spirit comes, I mean, Steve's already said a lot of this. When God's spirit comes, sometimes it's inconvenient. And sometimes it actually tears down and destroys the man-made structures that we've put in place. Fortunately, it hasn't done that next door. The structures for the floor are still there. Um, but it made me start pondering that actually we can hold on to ways that we've seen him move in the spirit in the past and we can cling on to what we think are important structures ways that we communicate with him ways that we interact with him but sometimes they can become hindrances and sometimes when his spirit comes he just wants to wash that all away so we might think our structures are important and orderly even necessary but God might be just wanting to say to us don't don't hold on to the structure rather than my spirit. Look to my spirit rather than the structure. So if we want to go deeper with him, we need to be willing to allow him to to demolish any structure that's unhelpful. And the same goes for the blockage. Steve said when they were trying to get rid of the flood, they realized that there was a blockage there. Um, And that too, I feel, represents how we can sometimes block God's spirit. And Steve has mentioned most of these through fear, through unholy habits, through 
apathy. So I just feel that God wants to just ask us today, are we willing to take the time? And are we willing to stand the mess that can sometimes result for him to unblock those channels in our lives that are stopping his spirit from running freely through us? I also feel that um, sometimes we didn't know what was going on under that floor. As, as Dee said, that, that river was probably there for months, but, but we didn't know it. My Bible reading for this morning, typical New Year verses in Isaiah 43 about forgetting the former things and see I'm doing a new thing. But I was really struck by the phrase, now it springs up. Do you perceive it? We didn't know what was under there. Do we know where we think God is taking us? Do we know how the Spirit is stirring us? And I think this is a great opportunity just for us to come before him afresh and say, open our spiritual eyes to what you're doing, God. His Spirit always has something new and something fresh for us. But we can very easily just tread a mill and get on and do what we always do. So I think there is a moment for us to just ask ourselves, are we looking with his eyes or are we looking with our own eyes? And I, f I find this really challenging. I think it's a real renewed call for us to deeper holiness, but also to obedience and surrender. Because sometimes it isn't easy to give up ways that we're used to doing things. And sometimes it can seem a bit scary to give God's spirit free reign in our lives. But as we were, that first verse, the first song that we sung about here is love, I typed out um, a phrase that really struck me. Grace and love like mighty rivers pour incessant from above. God's spirit isn't something that is aggressive and destructive. God's spirit is full of grace and love. So what is it that you're trusting in? You can trust his spirit because it is good. Mm. Are you trusting in your experiences of God from the past? Or are you trusting that he will lead you as he knows best and into fresh, new and vibrant things? Brilliant. I really believe God's spirit. We've had undercurrents of God's spirit working in the unseen realm. Sometimes we see evidences of God breaking through in different ways. I really feel, as Claire said, mentioned, as we open ourselves up and say, have your way, have your way in me, we're going to see an increase of God's Spirit flowing through us as River Church. We're going to see an increase in His light shining out. We will be that beacon, that light on a hill. So I'd just like you just to reflect now. This is you and God. Take some time and ask the Holy Spirit, will you shine your light on any areas that I need to deal with, I need to let go of, I need to repent from? Any areas where I just need more courage or peace? Any areas where I need to experience your love and acceptance at a deeper level? Any areas that I have held tightly onto? This is the familiar, this is what I know. And God's saying, I'm shining a light into a new way, a whole new, better way. Trust me. Let's just spend some time just between you and God as the guys minister to us.